The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Cincinnati Hamilton County Community Action Agency or its Head Start program. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Parent Connection Podcast this evening. I have my co-hosts, Andre and Bruce. Hey. And we are coming back from a short little break. How was you guys' break, everybody? Man, busy, <laughs> networking, doing a lot of volunteer work over at the church, system with the food drives, meeting new people, networking for the fatherhood program, missing my co-hosts. So I'm good. How y'all been? Still moving, trying to make a dollar in the difference. <laughs> Man. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. Um, I moved into a new event space. It's larger. Hey, man. Hey, right. hey, congratulations. Booked and busy. That's all I'm going Hey, man. Round of applause. See you know what I'm saying? Entrepreneur spirit. It's just a business owner. Boop. Yes. So, tonight is a pretty serious topic, and I think we should kind of dive right in. Tonight, we do have a special guest with us who's going to give us commentary. She's also going to um, give us her professional opinion um, on abuse. And we were talking about emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. Amen. Yeah, amen. We'll be talking amen. about parent-to-parent abuse and mm. parent-to-child abuse. Amen. Yeah. What's well, a whole lot of that Ms. going Erica, on? Erica, would you like to take a moment just to introduce yourself and tell everyone? everybody, all of our listeners, all about you. Well, thank you. Um, my name is Erica Ogletree. Um, right now, I have a couple of positions that I run. I am a supervisor at a large nonprofit in the area, Talbert House. I supervise our Safeguards program, which is a specialized program working with trauma. And we work with kids and adults, families. We do individual group work and family therapy as well. I have a team of therapists and case managers and we work with those who not only perpetrate abuse, but those who actually are victims of it as well. And then I have a private practice in the Springdale area, Tremendous Care, and I do take insurance there as well, as well as private pay clients, but I see kids and adults there. I do see a lot of trauma victims in my private practice as well. Shout her yeah. out. Tremendous yeah. Care. Amen. Glad to have you part Thanks. of the podcast. Thank yes. you for coming. Thanks really for having me. It. I'm excited to be here. So, so one of the topics that we want to discuss is my mama did it, her mama did it, and we all ended up okay. That seems to be something that a lot of people, especially I speak for the black community, tend to say that a lot. Just because it happened to her mama, and it happened to her mama, and it happened to her mama, and everybody says that they ended up okay, but don't know that they ended up with PTSD, don't realize that they ended up with depression, don't realize where the suicidal thoughts come from, don't understand why they became drug addicts, Amen. don't understand why they became um, alcoholics, because one traumatic event in your life can cause a, a, a whole, for your whole life to just spiral. Mm -hmm. What do you all think about that? Well, you know, I'm going to speak on that. It seemed like, you know, when they say, her mama did it, my mama did it. It's like it was passed down without healing. Mm. 
Mm. So and then and in that case, it's like you know, in certain situations, you got to get your time to heal. But if you just sweep it up under the rug and think like, okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to go throughout my day and do this and do this and that. But little do you understand the problem is still there because you haven't confronted the problem to correct yeah. the problem. So when it gets passed down, it's like, okay, how does this person deal with it? Or how did you deal with it in order for me to figure out how I had to deal with it? And, you know, either way it go without healing, it would never be solved. So it'll be an ongoing problem. For sure. Uh, I say, um, I, like, I, I always uh, caution people that when we talk this talk, you know what I'm saying, we do our best to try to look at the entire scope, right? Right. Like, so what we're talking about, like you said, generational discipline, what that looks like, how it causes all different sets of trauma, and, and, it, and it just continues yeah. to perpetuate. Right. I will say I agree, and we have to look broader as to, like, where it came from. You know what I'm saying? If we're speaking of American history, before we... You know what I'm saying? Just say, we say black history, right? American history was built on violence and, and stuff like that. So that became the way that we were taught. We talked about this in previous podcasts too, right? right? Like yeah, we, we were did. taught you can't, uh, we were, were kind of taught, do what, you, do what I want you to do or I hurt you. Like that mm-hmm. becomes the, the, the motif for the entire nation, right? So as we talk about people going through that and the different disciplines in our kids and stuff like that, it becomes okay. So when this says like, oh, her mom, my mama did it, her mama did it, and we all end up okay. Now you're talking about, right, the people who are coming from the bottom for the most part, and we think right. okay means, like, in the sense that we're surviving because, like, I was taught, like, okay, if your arm ain't cut off, you good. Walk it off. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. so it's just kind of like that aspect of it. So I always, uh, like, just like to paint the broader picture, let it be known, like, okay, it comes from something. It ain't just, uh, it ain't just this space of, like, oh, okay, people are just you know what I'm saying, going through it, and they just trying to take it on. Nah, like, this is kind of been taught. But again, like I said, these are just the business pieces that I know. I would love to hear from our esteemed uh, yes. specialist today. Yeah, most yes. definitely. Let's get um, your take on that. Uh, sure, like, when it comes to trauma, um, it becomes a big deal. I, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying, and, and we do have to have that concept of understanding that we're speaking in such a broad scope, we're not going to speak to every individual um aspect of it at once we have to be mindful that people are going to have different experiences with the same thing if we're all in the same room and a trauma happens because of our experiences before we got to that room we're going to experience that trauma differently Mm -hmm. um so with that like you think about it we're born with two fears Mm. fear of falling fear of loud noises anything else is taught so through experience that's what we say whenever you feel like yeah. Somebody gives us a jewel to take home, and we should hold precious gemstone. Gotta let it breathe. Right. Right. So, yeah, so yeah, you mind repeating? Yeah. We are we're born with two fears, and everything else is taught. What are the two fears we're born with? Falling and mm. loud noises, and that's that's strictly survival. Amen. You think right. about survival: falling, hitting your head, falling off a cliff back in caveman days, things like that, and then loud noises, animals that can kill you, and so really everything else is taught through the experiences that we have. And so we think about when you talk about growing up and her mama did it, my mama did it, I'm okay. Well, when you know better, you do better. But until we give somebody more knowledge, they may not know better. And they may think that they're okay when they're walking around with an arm falling off. Right, right. Um, With that, so with that, like the hope piece becomes because fear can be taught and trauma can be experienced, self-regulation can be taught, healing can be experienced, and that's something that can come through therapy. Therapy is cool. It's not 
a bad thing to see a therapist. Therapy Therapy helps. There's a time and a place for it. It's not for forever. Some people go to therapy for what's called brief therapy. They might see a therapist three to five times and be done. And some people see a therapist for longer. It's okay. You get what you need to get and you get moving on with the rest of life. And that's why in my practice, my slogan is be your best you. Because again, you're the expert on you. I might be a content expert on some things, but you've been you your whole life. So who am I to tell you how to be the best version of you? But I can bring some support to help you on that journey and walk with you just a little bit and then you take it from there and go on and be the best version of yourself you can be Amen. i definitely Amen. agree right. Most definitely. when i started therapy um well I, I don't know i grew up a little different so therapy to me wasn't like faux pas but when i talk to other people about therapy everybody thinks that therapy is um i don't know i try to tell people like um how cool is it that you get to talk to somebody who doesn't even know you Mm-hmm. doesn't know anything about you they can't judge you yes. right. and they can't tell anybody else about what's yep. going on with you right exactly. so who better to talk to than somebody who can't do anything by law and like you said and like to add to that it's also great because like everything you said plus it's the but one person where when you tell them your story and you know how we get we can talk about you could tell them that and they ain't got their own thing to kind of throw in. Like, that yeah. whole time is dedicated to you. Yes. And you got to talk about yeah. yes. what right. you feeling. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like, that's a that's that's it's more rare than gold. Yeah. Hey, Amen. It is, for but sure. But, you know, when you bring up the whole therapy and the counseling thing, they look at it the wrong way because they're like, I don't want to go talk to nobody. I, I'm good. And like People will say that, but at the same time, you'll go to the session, you'll think one session or maybe two sessions is cool. But once you go home, it's like, the problem is still there because it, until you can find it within yourself to self-check yourself as well as learn how to heal better, why would you sit up here and only have maybe one or two sessions of therapy or counseling right. when you may need counseling for maybe months or maybe years, depending mm-hmm. on how bad your situation is or depending right. on if you're willing to look into the mirror and confront yourself about all the doors that you haven't closed yet. Right, right. So mm-hmm. when it gets to that point to where, like they say, hurting people hurt other people. Amen. So when it, Jim Stone. Woo! Jim Stone. Okay. It's like when they right. say hurting people hurt other people. It's like that just goes to show that who's ever doing the hurting, they're not thinking about nobody else's feelings because mm-hmm. there is a peace within them to where they feel like they have to hurt other people to get through their day just right. to manage versus sitting down, taking time within themselves to either get the crowd or just yell or just go in their room and seclude yourself right. from the outside world and just actually ask yourself like how do i deal with you know the self-hurt as well as learning how to be a better person just to get over this whole situation versus taking it out on your child your spouse or a family member whatever because there's a lot of that going on because there's so many families that's so divided now and some of the reasons why they're divided is because of this yeah so it's like you know once you find that niche and you gotta you gotta pick and see like what's the best option but right. you got so much time left. See, yeah, yeah and, I, and I think that part. I think that part's important, like you said, because um, I, I think I think there's this aspect to the to to being traumatized and, and stuff like that, um, where you stuck at that space, right? Like like mm-hmm. I, like a training that I went to. I think I've talked about it on here before. I feel bad if I did. It's been a while since we recorded, so yeah, I man. ain't seen what we done did in a while. So if you hear right. some, some repeat, hey man, you know dive in. So I'll say this, right? Like, <laughs> the training that I had uh, right. was um, that 
uh, let's say you cutting the grass, right? You moving, mm-hmm. you cutting the grass, and everything's cool, and you get bit by a snake. You know what I'm saying? And you like, oh, you know what I'm saying? So whatever right. that, whatever happens from the bottom, getting bit by a snake, may have been poisonous, may have like a whole golf ball got to get cut out your leg. You know what I'm saying? Reaction. You feel me, right? So that's where you at now. Now you stuck with that moment. You stuck with that traumatic event. It's on you, right? Mm-hmm. So then, let's say a month later, years later, you know what I'm saying? You cutting the grass again. It took you a while to get back on that road, but you cutting the grass again. So right. you're cutting the grass, and then you roll up, and you see a coiled uh, fire hose, right? Yeah. And your mind, bam, oh, it's a snake. You know what I'm saying? Because mind you, you're a little bit more cautious now, so you like looking for signs of right. anything. Once you find yourself in a familiar, similar situation, may not even be that much familiar. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But every time you see a coil, you might not have been cutting the grass. You might have just been out trying to kick it somewhere, and somebody got their uh, water hose in the backyard, so you running with your friends, hey, and then you see it again. Fight, flight, and freeze then. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what to do or whatever. And everybody else looking at you like, you crazy. Like, Yo, man, it's just a water It just hose. took you back Relax. to that situation. But it took yeah. you right back there. Yeah. So, like, if somebody in a household where they used to, you know what I'm saying, yelling, arguing, screaming, fighting, and stuff like that, or they, or, or if they see that the fighting and stuff like that starts with, man, you stupid. You right. don't know nothing. Why mm-hmm. don't you know what you're doing? I don't know what you're doing. Then they go to school, and now, uh, let's say they child. Let's, let's talk from the parents' perspective. They send right. their child to school. Their child has some issues. They show up in the uh, meeting. You know what I'm saying? And they like, well, we just don't know what's going on with little Johnny. Now right. I'm feeling like, oh, you done told me I'm stupid. You done told me I don't know how to raise my kids. I don't know what I'm doing. But you know that I'm, also, just, uh, I'm just reacting from right. my own trauma type thing, right? right? But you know that also showed that from it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not bad. When you but say I, that, and you speak a valid point because that's a lot of instability. So when it's concerning the child, they're going to show all that instability in the classroom as well. So when it gets to that point, it's like, of course, they're going to send either the people in for a conference or whether they may send the uh, the staff or the faculty to the home. Amen. But see, usually, like I said, they'll start with the visit or they'll start with the conference or vice versa. Either way it go, they're going to investigate the problem. Because like once that child goes to school and whatever type of behavior that they're going to show is going to raise some questions like, okay, what's going on with mom or what's going on with dad? Or if it's instability to where the child is bounced from different households, different households got different rules. So it's like yeah. all that stuff factored in. It's like they're going to be sitting there, okay, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to go to this house. We got to go to this house. We got to find out what the problem is. So technically they got to find out what that problem is because if they don't, and, and I oh. and I'll say we gonna die because you know working in the schools. I'm we gonna dive into that at one at Definitely. one day because I'm telling you. It's, <laughs> I just want to make a point to man. your point, Andre. When you yes, use the um, perfect example of the um, garden hose, mm-hmm. when you okay, so after you got initially big, now you are much more cautious about all the situations that you walk into that might look just like that Amen. you know what I'm but you can apply that to so many things yeah. just like when um you've been in an abusive relationship or mm-hmm. um when you have have friends that have hurt you or um I don't know I can't think of any other more examples right, right, right. that applies just to so many different mm-hmm areas of your life because me myself i'm even more cautious i used to have a crap ton of friends now i look around i got three because i just don't like i don't been hurt this person that did this to me that person that did that to me now i walk into every situation just too cautious but i probably shouldn't be amen it's not my fault they did what they did they did what they did but you just keep kind of like tiptoeing 
and you just get slower and slower every time you get into every situation. Amen. Yeah. Still so got to so make sure like, you guard it. Yeah, what you're all talking about are trauma reminders or trauma triggers. Right. And again, if you don't know that, then you walk into that situation, you keep getting hit upside the head with the same thing because you don't see it coming. But the reality of it is, is you've gone through something and trauma is funny because we hold it in our body. And so all of your senses, there are eight, not just five, but there are eight sensory systems that encode everything. Sitting here right now, you got your sense of touch encoding your butt in the seat or the headphones on your ears, your sense of hearing with the sounds, and we can go through all of them, but it's all coding up. And so when trauma happens and fight or flight takes place, like you start encoding even deeper and and having that impression in your brain of what you've experienced so that you're able to stay alive because at the end of the day our brain's job is to do what it's got to do to keep us alive so you will stop flowing blood to your frontal you know lobes you think you're you don't think your way through anymore blood flows to large muscle groups you can run you can fight or sometimes people end up with freeze and there's a fourth trauma response called fawn and fawn looks like you are going with the flow where it's freeze as you kind of just you're immobilized fawn is like kind of fawn and flow you go with the flow and it looks like you're going along with whatever trauma is happening to you but the reality of it is is you're stuck you're immobilized um, because again your your body is not reacting in a fight or flight mm-hmm. way so I, it did, oh go ahead oh go ahead keep going it is it is and so those those reactions are mistaken for other things like adhd and hyperactivity mm-hmm. when it might be actually hyper vigilance and looking over your shoulder because you're used to having to look over your shoulder or a pot or pan is gonna fly upside your head Amen. Like, you know you're you're gonna get beat up or you're gonna get raped or all kinds of things that happen um and sometimes when you are freezing and it looks like you are being obstinate and just not want to do what you got to do, but it, your body just doesn't know how to react at that point. And you're so overloaded with um, adrenaline and cortisol in your brain and hey. your body that you just don't know what to do. Um, so it, it, there's all science behind this. And that's just thinking about the brain's aspect of it. But again, you think about your whole body when you think about your sensory um, aspects of what's happened. Again, that might be why somebody might not like a certain color, or a certain smell, a certain texture, because mm-hmm. that could have been encoded with a traumatic experience that they've had in their life. So there's all kinds of different things that we just don't know about. And again, until you get into a, a safe space, which for a lot of people can be therapy to process what's going on and to tell your story in a way that you can start to connect thoughts and feelings in a way that helps you understand your trauma wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault that people did you the way that they did. Um, They made that choice. And so, but you're able to kind of absolve yourself of that guilt that we feel and the shame that we feel. Um, Guilt and shame are funny because with one, like guilt, you can feel guilty about doing something. Shame is internal. That something's wrong with me. And a lot of times when trauma happens, people think shame. They think something's wrong with me. What did I do to cause this? And so it's about helping them process that and understand that you didn't cause that. Mm -hmm. Somebody else made a choice. It was a horrible choice with horrible consequences, but you can be better for it learning to put the proper words and the proper feelings on that to help you understand that all emotions are legit. You know, they teach us Amen. things. And so it's pretty I, much I, like, it's yeah. pretty like, it's like well, a balance, like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, much like and a I balance. think. Hmm? You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't it pretty much like a balance? So you won't. 
Well, it, so it just depends on the situation. Because right. in some situations, yeah, you're trying to balance out that certain emotion that you're feeling. But right. in some situations, the emotion is um, a manufactured emotion. You think right. about it after the fact of what I should have did, should have, could have, would have. And that's yeah. a manufactured emotion because that's something that didn't really take place in the event. It's an afterthought right. when you're like, dang, I should have ran. <clears throat> but you were five years old. How could right. you, Brian? Where would right. you have gone? Yeah. Hold on. Right. Hold on. Real I, think, quick. I'm so- I think the point that you uh, made about... Go ahead. No, I said I gotta let you get it out. Keep going. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, right, yes. Right. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Go ahead, sister. Hold on, almost for, I think I'm okay. Well, I, but okay, I'll take we, a quick pause. Hold on, because we has okay. had a lot. I want to, uh, Rich, when you get the chance, please, gemstone, all that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to stop it for. Okay, the four uh, trauma responses: fight, flight, fight, mm-hmm. freeze, and now fawn. Gemstone, Gemstone, all that. Gemstone. 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 Go back. You'll see every. She broke everyone down. Thank you so much. Yes. Also, okay. she did that. The part right after that. I was talking to. Well, I was gonna speak to. What was it? Uh, the safe space. Bam. Yeah. And go ahead, my sister. Yeah. Gemstone, yeah. all that. Go ahead, my yeah. sister. Okay. Okay. So I think that a safe space is important, and I don't think a lot of people see therapy as a, a safe space. Man. But I feel like a um, therapist is a. Um, I don't know. I want to say like a soft soundboard to be able to bounce out how I really feel. Not that I'm angry or I'm upset with you or anything, but I can just be angry at that situation. I could be angry that somebody Mm -hmm. did that to me. I can yell. I can scream. I could cry. I can do whatever it is I want to do. And as a therapist, you don't shut me down. You Mm -hmm. allow me to work through all of those emotions, Mm -hmm. emotions, and which leads me to the next point that we wanted to talk about, which was um, how silence kills and how everybody gives us this hush, um, a hush, be quiet. What goes on in this house stays in this house. I don't know if um, anybody has watched that um, documentary, uh, Abducted in Plain Sight. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I've not seen it yet, but now, now I've heard. I can give you a brief the job talking about it, like straight up, like. I can give you a brief synopsis. So, Break it down. Right. there are two families that live across the street from each other, right? Sure enough. Okay, so one family they become friends, neighborhood friends, or whatever. So the father of the family that's across the street gets close to the family across the street. So, to break it. I'm going to kind of keep it PG, but the <laughs> this person... Things went on. Yes. Things, I mean, he went to the father, then to the mother, only to get to the daughter. Wow. And the like the mentality of this entire family, like it just doesn't seem real because how did you father engaged with this man mother you engaged with the man the daughter she was a child so she engaged with the man and he Amen. abducted her right in, right in front of their eyes and they did not even care they didn't even call the police for like a week the first time he took her wow. it was just like i just i was just like i could and he warped all of them and there he got everybody in their own world secluded into him and what they had going on so nobody told the other person what was going on and then by the time everything happened and he abducted her and tried to um marry her in mexico it was too late right. but it was just wow. like mind blowing like a whole entire family how does that happen how, how do you process a trauma like that? Like, I just, one, I didn't believe it because I didn't believe anybody could just 
how would you let like somebody sl sleep in the bed with your child? You're a convicted child molester. How did you convince this family to sleep in a bed with your child hey. and listen to inappropriate tapes hey. three to four times a week for years? You're well, right. Hey, uh, just so we're clear, in uh, these great United States that we live in, it's been legal to marry off somebody's child uh, all the but maybe what 40 50 years ago you know what I'm i feel like in, I mean, in, in, in most states depends on the state you're in like right, the age of consent, like ohio i believe is 16 but some states are as young as 14 yeah, yeah they're changing consent themselves <laughs> that ain't good hold on hold on, so hold on. Yeah, I, they're changing the uh what age you can smoke cigarettes Come on now. Hold on, hold on. But I just want to hold. I want to hold on to that truth. They doing too much. Hold on, I want to hold on to that truth one more time. You saying this is current law, or mm. so current law? Somebody can marry my sixteen-year-old child in Ohio. Yeah. Age of consent. Age of Ohio. consent. Is Sixteen. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you something. Not man. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're here. We're, we're professionals. Play. <laughs> we're professionals. We are not in any way implying or implicating anything. And all thoughts and beliefs are of the hosts alone. Right. Don't uh, put the CAA, the, the head start on it. But I tell right. you, it won't happen. But right. I, I just wanted to dive into that right. Right. Just real fast. Because, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, in this, in this country, uh, there are, like I said, there are always so many layers. And I know I try to always try to take it a bit deeper. Because I, I just – I get evolution as it as a – scientific thing right so i i get the fact that um uh, i can't tell you for 40 years straight like you know what i'm saying uh like a lot of people today like oh man you know we free like i asked my son when did he think like blacks had like all as many civil rights and freedoms like to be truly free mm -hmm. my man tells me he think about a hundred years what first of all he told me this two years ago. That hurt my soul. <laughs> Hate the education system. I'm like, excuse me? You know and I had to break it down for him. I'm like, son, it's I like you do recognize you got family members. Your grandma don't remember a time when she used to go visit her, our family in the South. It was places she couldn't go. Right. Like your grandma, your grandma ain't even hey, she just hit sixty. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it was still it like was that, that deep. I like they made, like, do make it seem like it was that long ago. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? See, like see, and, you like you think way back when and I think it might not have been until like I mean some years back that I even realized like dang, that was only that's the seat, but that that'd be the point. And you know it's a lot of events that went on back then that's still going on right now. But that's my point. But see, and I give a level of understanding of that because I feel like that's the way to help, right? Like right. I said, like my, my purpose in life, I feel is the agent of hope, you know what I'm saying, and try to right. move things in the way. I feel like I can't do that if I don't give a full scope of understanding. So when you get like, uh, uh, what was the uh, brother's name? Uh, used to own the Clippers, got fired for uh, talking wreck, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm talking right, about? Right, yeah, I know you're talking. I can't think of doing that, but yeah. If my producer could put it up on the thing or uh somebody yeah. whoever it is, right? gonna slide it across the screen. That, you know what I'm it's gonna pop up. Right. We're gonna get that. Right. But I got that. Like I'm like, how old is he? Like 90. What? To him, owning a basketball team and trading off for these millions of dollars for these young black bodies to him was was astronomically Man. he felt like he did he felt like he was the reason for civil rights at that point like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, came from right. a day I could buy two three four y'all my, my, my daddy bought two three four y'all for a nigga right. I'm paying you how many million I call y'all whatever I want to call you when I want to call it that's what I'm talking about like like 
but I gave some understanding of that. Not because like, oh, it's okay that he did it, but I'm saying evolution can only move so fast. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when we talk about these things and we talk about, because uh, like I said, in my, because uh, we're speaking, like I said, not now we're moving, not being a bit beyond trauma, like to abuse yeah. or the, the trauma <laughs> well, caused by that abuse. Right. I said, but if you think about it, like there's this thing, people used to talk about lash and whip therapy. Mm. So you think about back in the times Amen. where black people were yeah. whipped into submission Amen. and then that has roots in corporal punishment today because Amen. we were taught whip into submission. And yeah. so like that, it does play a factor. That's some of that historical trauma that there have been studies that show that people's genes have been changed because of trauma that they've gone through. And they talked about that in terms of slavery. And they talked about that in terms of the Holocaust. Amen. Um, so right. those, those things are real. And I think that I, I totally agree with what you're saying. So again, that leads me to, I think it's generational. So, and I think that it's passed down even into from the the ancestors to their home. Their home. So, when somebody sexually abuses or physically abuses someone in their home, they abuse them into submission. And to sometimes, like, so I talked about those four stress responses. Parents mm-hmm. have like the double whammy because you got your stress response and you got your mm-hmm. child's stress response. Mm. They don't always match. So right. those parents could have been in a freeze response and not known how to respond to this guy taking their kids. And then also, by the way, people who engage in that type of behavior as far as like that type of abuse, not always, but often they're very charismatic. And so they can talk people into doing what they want them to do. It's something that they've spent time and energy developing. It's a skill. Charisma is a skill, just like playing basketball. You practice at it, you get better at it. Amen. But um, but with with the trauma responses, like a parent may be a freezer and their child might be a flighter. That's a horrible combination because you freeze mm. up when Johnny's acting a certain kind of way and Johnny's right. tearing stuff up and you don't know what to do. Right. And then that looks like, oh, you crappy parent, Erica. You didn't do what you're supposed to do to take care of Johnny. Well, I'm trying to deal with my stuff. And so parents have to be cognizant of their own stuff and how it comes across in their ability to parent their children. And they have to be mindful of that. And there are things they can do. Um, we talk a lot about building savory skills. And savory skills have, like, lots of different parts of it, but some of the parts are like building us up as a family. How do we deal with stress and trauma? How do I deal with it? How do you deal with it? How do we deal with it when we're together? How do we become connected as a family? What do we do to intentionally make sure that we're on the same page or that we're able to get past um, difficult times? What do we do to relax as a family? So there's a whole list and um, I can email you guys if you want. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, what advice would you give to um, a family with someone who may have been molested or sexually molested and, um, you know, they were told to keep quiet or they didn't keep quiet. They told a parent, but the parent had a freeze mm-hmm. and didn't necessarily react in the way that the child would have thought that they should. What advice would you give to someone in a, a predicament like that yeah unfortunately that happens more often than like we would like it What's does. The example of freeze um so oh. what you would want to do is um you want to a since you're not sure what actually happened go in for an assessment and find out what actually happened um you can go in for like a regular mental health assessment with like a licensed professional 
uh, mental health provider, whether it's a counselor, a social worker, a marriage and family therapist. Um, and then if it's close enough to the time of when they think the abuse may have happened, they'll probably want to go in for an actual forensic exam. And I know the Marison Center is where we typically refer kids because they'll get an actual physical exam. You can also go to Children's Hospital as well um, to get a physical exam to see if there's signs that um, a sexual trauma has occurred, um, including molestation. And then from there, you develop like a treatment plan. There are evidence-based treatment plans, um, trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, cognitive processing therapy, and there's a lot of sensory motory therapies as right. well that a kid and their family can engage in. And the best thing is the family. A kid or an adult who's experienced trauma is not a problem. You don't send them to therapy like they're a problem. You have to work with the whole system. So that person can be your individual client, but you're going to want to engage the family. You're going to want to build up natural supports that are going to help them because what happens is after therapy, and we touched on it at one point, you go back home. And, and it's so all still there. We yeah. talk about, listen, yeah. I swear, at my job, I've been harping on this. I work somewhere. I'm not going to put the plug in right here. I work somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not do- I mean, just because it's, it, it, it's, it's just, it, it gets sticky. You know what I'm saying? They, they're on this rebrand right now. That's it's all, you know what I mean? Like, well, I think this would be a great look for them. They might be, oh, whoa, whoa, you're not authorized. And uh, hey, I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm cool. But I'll say this. We are a place to work with kids and we help, uh, work with children all the time, right? You know what I'm saying? And I've been harping on it for the longest. Like, well, if we're doing these things with the kids, because my job is to work with the parents. So I'm I'm a parent advocate. I work for the parents. I show up for them in meetings. I, 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 you know, I help guide them along the lines. Okay, this is how you advocate for yourself, for your child, because no one loves your child more than you. You know, all this stuff, Mm -hmm. right? And it always keeps bothering me. Like, if we are working with the children and they can, we can teach them all these wonderful skills, we give them uh, little things to do to calm themselves down, teach them to touch their pressure points and all these things they can try to manage their stress and their, and their stuff. Now, mind you, these are children that are very impressionable, learning a lot. And mm-hmm. we send them right back to the lion's den. Yeah, I'm telling you, and I tell, and I, I grew up again. I grew up how I grew up. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't always the best. I grew up with a bunch of people who was who they what they was. We weren't always the best, but I swear we were always good, morally sound people. We just was raised, and this is what I keep telling everybody. The rules that apply to us were different. Like, the rules that apply to a house cat do not apply to a lion in the jungle. Mm-hmm. You can stay you can stay, cat, you can stay cats all day. You can say it's a cat all day, but I'm like, bro, how we got to get it? You know what I'm saying? So for you, you know what I'm saying? You got them saucer milk brought to you about me and mine. We got to go hunt. You know what I'm saying? Share with the pack. You know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. So, so that, 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 so that brings me to that space where I was going to ask you even then, because I, I love what you said about uh, trying to be a holistic healing. So what do you, what is it when a parent may ignore or blame their child for whatever sexual abuse that is brought to them? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I don't I, put blame on the child. Right. Because we firmly believe being the Parent Connection Podcast, you know what I'm saying? As a team, we, I, I believe, you know what I'm saying? We firmly believe that no parent ever not wants to not be the best parent they can be, mm-hmm. whether they're equipped or whether they or what that best parent looks like. Like I, I know people who I came up with, literally, for a mom, you know what I'm saying that I that I've known my whole life. Like you know what I'm saying, her her child who I grew up with, her biggest thing was shorty, do not make it to 16, don't be pregnant, because because of her own trauma. So that was her thing. Be 16, mm-hmm. don't be pregnant. Right. Her education. Uh, how good she was in school, all the other stuff wasn't really as big a deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was, but to her, that was 
the milestone. So while maybe so 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 like if a parent may ignore their child or may know exactly on. what's going on and doesn't do anything or seemingly Amen. doesn't do anything about mm-hmm. it. What can that be? What, what can yeah. what is that? What is that? You know what I mean? Yeah, what's From going the on there? It's time for the percolator. 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 It's time for the The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Cincinnati-Hamilton County Community Action Agency or its Head Start program.